there were bells on a hill, but I never heard them ringing. No, I never heard them at all till there was you. Like I didn't want to just be like, so what was it like when your legs were open? Right. Uh, I thought yeah. we'd start with like some of the. Let's ease into it. Saw them ringing. No, I never saw them at all till there was you. But she kept saying, like, after the first 20 minutes, probably, she started saying, you're just around the corner, like, almost there. And three hours later, we're still, like, <laughs> like almost around. around the corner. <laughs> yeah. And in my head, I'm like, I am having a C-section. But I never heard it singing. No, I never heard it at all. Hello and welcome to Parental Inquiry. That is a working title. Uh, this is a podcast featuring Megan Lockhart. Hello. And Derek Vandal. Uh, this is a podcast that features two new parents and their experiences with everything from managing a relationship during the chaos of raising a baby to trying to decipher the Rorschach-like contents of a baby's diaper. What is Rorschach mean? Is that what you uh, said, Rorschach? Yeah, Rorschach. Uh, Rorschach test is like the ink blot test that they use to okay. like for like psychology and stuff. So when they open it up, they're like, "What does this look like to you?" And they're like, "Oh, a butterfly." Right. And they're like, "Oh, that means they're psychotic or whatever." I feel like I've asked you that exact question before. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Derek likes to use words that I don't know the meaning of on a daily basis. So it's power play. Yeah. So parental inquiry. A, yeah, I uh, I wanted to call it parental inquiry because I really like the parental advisory like symbol on like album covers. So that'd be funny to like make an image for our podcast. I've already made it, but it's using <laughs> the exact same thing, but just swapping out advisory for inquiry because we're not advising people against parenting, but we're and we're not trying to say that we can advise people on it. We're just saying like, hey, we're parents that are still trying to figure shit out and inquiring about what it means to be parents sure and sharing our experiences i wanted to call the podcast conscious coupling right as a play on gwyneth paltrow's conscious uncoupling yeah but that title was shot down i just wanted to stay as far away from that as humanly possible sure, sure. also i think conscious coupling is an actual like term like conscious is uncoupling is an actual it. term, and I, I know conscious well. uncoupling is, but and I think conscious okay. coupling is not like as douchey as it sounds. It's just meant it's meant to like be like conscious of your your relationship and trying to right. figure out. Anyway, so we'll go with parental inquiry for, for now, the moment, unless all the people that don't listen to this want to call in and tell yeah. us that it's yeah. a bad idea. Definitely. Uh, so. I think today we're going to take some time and go through our birthing story. Um, so we wanted yeah. to, we've, we're now the parents of a five month old son, uh, Andrew, Jeremy Vanderwall. Um, so we wanted to, there's a lot to talk about over the, the span of kind of going through the getting pregnant, the pregnancy process, the birthing process in the first five months. So we decided to focus specifically on the birthing story itself. Uh, so we'll take you through the kind of like final stages of of the kind of pregnancy and then through the actual birth. So I thought I would start 
off today by asking you some questions about about that. Should we um, say kind of like who we are first? Sure. Intros of ourselves? Sure. Well, I am uh, Derek Vandewall of uh, the Fall Off podcast. Fame. <laughs> fame. Fame. Uh, this is a parental inquiry. Um, Spinoff. Is, yeah, it's a spinoff of the Fall Off podcast. And this will be the Fall Off podcast presents Parental Inquiry. Right. You know, the birthing story. Yeah. It, so, but <laughs> that's me. And that's I think that's all you need to know about me. I am a 31-year-old Scorpio, a new father who works a government job and likes comic books <laughs> and football. That sums it up. That's pretty yeah, much Yeah, that's all you need to know. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm Megan. I am a 31-year-old um, accountant. Very. Are you a Leo? I'm a Leo, but I am okay. so not a Leo. Leos right. love to be the center of attention, and that is the last thing that I love to be. Right. Um, so, yeah, and we've been married for... We got married in 2013, right. so that would be five years this summer yeah, four and a half five years right? yeah um but together for 12 years 13 years in coming September. up on 13 yeah yeah so we've been together while we know each other quite well so you know decided it was time to have a baby last year oh i thought you were gonna say it. i decided it's time to have a podcast <laughs> <laughs> that too yeah. i don't know if we're ready for that yeah. but we were ready for a baby right uh okay so i thought to give a little bit of a like precursor, like I didn't want to just be like, so what was it like when your legs were open? Right. Uh, I thought yeah. we'd start with like some of the. Let's ease into it. Right. I, I thought maybe you could take us through some of the stuff that led up to the to the birthing process a few weeks previous. So, give us a kind of rundown of what it was like leading up to it. Like what what kind of checkups with the what the health process is for you and for the baby and the kind of like weeks leading up to it. Sure. Sure. So, I guess. Um, you know, I had a really good pregnancy. I really loved being pregnant. Actually, I miss being pregnant, and I know not everyone has that experience. So I was very lucky, but I was also very big. Like, I uh, gained f- over 40 pounds, um, yeah. which is quite a bit of weight, and just had, like, this huge belly. So your pregnant, our pregnancy was kind of like my freshman year in university yes right. yeah the same rate of waking uh, yeah. over 40 weeks <laughs> took about eight eight months yeah 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 exactly um so I think like we both had it in our heads that I would give birth early because we just like I was so big and that's what my mom kept saying and she had gone early with me so like we just had it in our heads I was yeah. due the end of September um and thought you know for sure like beginning of september this baby will yeah. be coming well we had friends like laura and billy they had their kid in the spring and she was like three weeks early and all like all of this anecdotal evidence was pointing towards early yeah and then so i went off of work like three weeks before my due date wanted to make sure that i had you know that time beforehand and three weeks went you know I had a nice month of September at home um the due date came and went and the due date um, was September 24th September 24th yeah and um 
yeah and then we were at 41 weeks all of a sudden like a week past the due date and still nothing was really happening and what a lot of people don't realize is like for your first pregnancy the average duration is actually over 41 weeks right um so i think that's a good thing for people to know in their first time pregnancy because it's definitely like, not something i yeah. um thought was gonna happen well and it's kind of it's a it creates like an anxious period it's like christmas but if you're like not quite sure what day it is and you're like exactly is today gonna be christmas and every they get like hyped up every day and there's a lot of nerves and anxiety that builds up over that time yeah but I guess what that meant is, like, I watched a ton of YouTube videos about, right. um, you know, new moms, their delivery story, things to do to prepare for the baby. I made a ton of, like, meals that we could have afterwards. So, like, I was, I felt really prepared, actually. Yeah. You are nothing if things. not prepared. How, how are the checkups leading up? I, this is, I don't even remember now. Because we had, we would have had a checkup what at like 37 weeks or something when you were full term yeah so that was the other thing so not only was I big in myself but we had a scan I think at 36 weeks there or 37 weeks and the results came back that this baby was nine and a half pounds at that time which would mean like he still had three four weeks to go and at that point, gaining time, like yeah, gaining a half pound a week. Like this was going to be yeah. a twelve pound baby right. when I gave birth, so I was a bit terrified sure. of what was going to happen. Um, luckily, he wasn't that big. He didn't come <laughs> out twelve pounds, but he was definitely a big baby in there. Right. Yeah. So we have a couple meetings um, leading up to it, but I. I like went, it's not like we to the were doctor every week yeah it was every week at okay. the end um to check in and like each time i went there was no progress so i wasn't right. dilated at all my cervix wasn't softening at all um so yeah he from like 37 weeks he told me that i was definitely or he felt like i was gonna go over yeah um so that's what i was expecting yeah i guess eventually and then the week, so the date passed, and then we didn't really feel anything was happening, and then eventually they just said, you're going to have to start thinking about getting induced. Yeah, so where we live um, at 41 weeks, that's when they kind of give you an induction date. So we went into the hospital 41 weeks in one day, Um to get induced they ended up being really busy that day so i think we came back at 41 weeks and two days and we had the most like (laughs) the most ridiculous doctor ever so we went in to like get checked out uh we were there at like 7 a.m and kind of we're there with all of our bags and ready to go and and the doctor (laughs) the doctor takes a look and he was the most apologetic doctor i think i've ever seen it was like a doctor like a OB that was like wasn't sure he should like touch a vagina, so he's like he's one of the top rated doctors in Oakville. But he like every time he would like go anywhere near Megan or she would like kind of like wince or anything, he's like, oh sorry, 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 I'm sorry. Are you okay? I'm sorry, I'm sorry. And it was like to the point yeah. where it was like hilarious. I was like, wow, is this your job? Is this what you do all the time? Yeah, like it was a ton of I'm sorry's, and it just got to the point where the. I was like, should I not be okay? Like, yeah. is there not something regular about this? And the other weird, ex- like, part of that experience was 
they didn't like so we went in and they put you in this kind of waiting room triage area and um there's a nurse um who first sees you and then the doctor comes in later so when the doctor came in He's like, okay, I'm going to examine you. But the nurse hadn't, like, put me in a gown or anything. (laughs) So I was like, "My, but my pants are on. Like, I've got my pants and my underwear on. Like, what do you want me to do? And they're just like, oh, just pull them down. So, like, immediately you feel just a bit on edge or a bit um, put off because you're just, like, pulling down your pants on this bed. Right. A gown seemed more appropriate to me. Right. So, um... That was kind of the false start process. Yeah. So they were basically like, hey, you're not super dilated. Uh, you haven't, your cervix still hasn't softened enough that it's worthwhile. And we're busy. Like we got too many pregnant women in, in the floor. It's not worth our time. Unless you were really ready to go, it's not worth having you here. So it's like, go home, come back tomorrow. Was right. Tomorrow and we weren't, it... they were like, we'll call you later today yeah. if things kind of open up. Yeah. And I was like, you know, we're not in a rush to do this because ideally we wanted things to happen naturally. So we just said, let's not worry about it for today. We'll come back tomorrow. Yeah. So and that's a big push, like through our prenatal group and all the research you do, of course, all of the messaging pretty much universally is like, let it happen on its own. Induction is evil. And don't don't do it if you don't have to. And the longer you wait, the better, because it just gives the baby more time to develop and they get more. It's more like more beneficial for them to be in longer than it is to like really rush and have them come out early. But then at some point, you really do have to kind of start the process off. So we came back the next day. The next day. Yeah. Um. So again, we were there at like 7 a.m., uh, sitting and waiting. We got into the triage room, and this time we were waiting for uh, whatever other doctor was on call, but she wasn't there yet. So when we went the first time, there was a doctor there and ready to rock. When we came the second time, she wasn't in yet. So we got set up in the room. Um, the nurse came in and checked like checked us out and made sure we were okay. And then we waited yeah, so we, I, yeah, we were there like 7 a.m. They put us right in a room, but I think the doctor didn't come in until 11 a.m. But the thing was like in that time, I still felt like I didn't know what was going on. Like yeah. I felt like maybe we're going to go home again um, because they're busy or or something. Um, I was like, oh, they'll check me and see how things are going and then we'll make a decision. But the doctor walks in at 11 a.m., in street clothes. <laughs> she the best street clothes. She's like a she's like a rocker mom, so she has like like blacked out, blown out hair, like really heavy makeup on. She I can't remember what she was wearing on top, but she had these like studded kind of like overly dyed jeans with like yeah. the white threading and these fucking crazy like biker boots. Yeah. And you know, I've never met this woman before. Yeah. And, like, great doctor, for sure. Yeah, she was great. Um, But basically within her – or she was there in the room for maybe, like, two minutes. Yeah. And put a hook (laughs) up my vagina and broke my water. Yeah, she broke your water, like, real fast. And I was not (laughs) expecting that. Like, I was not ready to move that quickly. Yeah. Um, So that could happen to you. Yeah. 
if someone's pregnant listening to this, like, yeah. be prepared. The doctor is all, like, she is game, their game to yeah. break your water. Yeah, the doctors don't, I don't think they, maybe this is like an Oakville specific thing, but they didn't seem to care too much about holding your hand through the process. They're more like, all right, you're ready, let's go. And I, I just thought there'd be papers to sign or like... <laughs> Yeah. you know precautions to go over but no they were they were ready which like in the yeah. end works out you don't fret about it too much yeah. um and it wasn't like so a yeah, coat hanger it was like that another... started the whole process yeah yeah um so and then right after that mm-hmm. they did the induction work right so you break the water first and then they put you on um oxytocin yes or yeah, oxytocin, which yeah, is a replacement yeah. for Pitocin. Yeah, so they get That's that like pumping through you yeah. to jump, start the contractions, um, yeah. and really get things going. Yeah, so that was like right at 11. And then yeah. basically they're just like, all right, chill. Yeah, Hang then the you're room, just you're like seeing how your body reacts yeah. to the fact that your water's been broken and these drugs that they're pumping through you. Um, I... Like, in terms of pain management, we had kind of gone in with the idea that we would see, wait and see what was going to happen, but I definitely wasn't opposed to an epidural. Right. Um. So the first couple of hours, like, things weren't too intense, and I was feeling good, so just kind of, like, went through contractions as they came and was feeling okay. Yeah. But then I think around one... Yeah, between one and two, one it started two. to ramp up. And from two to three, it was really bad. Yeah. Um, so probably, yeah, sometime between one and two, I decided that I was going to get the epidural. Um, and they really warn you that, like, if it gets to the point where you feel like you're not going to be able to continue, like, it could take up to an hour to get this epidural. So yeah. make sure you make a decision where you could last another hour before yeah. you got these drugs. I think it worked out well for us because the, the I can't remember what the name it is, so the anesthesiologist was like available right away. So we were able to get it done once we made the decision. Yeah. But she was finishing up with another surgery and then was able to come right in. Yeah. Yeah. So we did that at what, three o'clock? That I think it ended up being around three. So um, how would you describe before, like before we jump to that, how would you describe the early labor pains? Because at first it wasn't bad, but there was definitely a period bef- like between where that, that was the... Aside from the pushing portion, the worst part of the labor, right? Yeah, like, it was definitely still bearable. It's Mm -hmm. just, so they also checked how dilated I was. um, Because, you know, if, and that's really, I guess, why I also made the decision. Um, So they checked and I was still, like, two centimeters or something. I hadn't really progressed at all. Yeah, when you came in the first day, you were like one centimeter. When you came in the second day, you were like one to two centimeters. And then by the time like two o'clock came along, you were like two or three centimeters. Like you weren't. Yeah, so I was like, I have to be 10 centimeters. I've got eight more centimeters to go. I'm not doing this without an epidural was basically the conclusion. And the doctors had said like, in the end, if you're going to get an epidural, there's no (laughs) point like trying to push through until the end and then yeah. getting in at the end because you're going to waste all your energy. Yeah, and you want to be able to come down off it at the end for the pushing phase, so it's yeah. better to just manage the pain while you can. Yeah, yeah so we made the decision um, to go ahead and get it. And the epidural, I know a lot of people are scared of needles. I wasn't 
scared of that. Um, it didn't hurt sure. at all. I don't remember any pain from it. The only thing I was a bit nervous about is it's obviously like this needle that they put into your spinal cord column or cord um and then they just like tape up your back yeah so like they leave the, it in it's like a like a feeding tube or a catheter or any other situation where an iv yeah essentially IV. It's like, yeah you know, it's in your back tube. and i was just worried as i was moving around that it was gonna somehow pull out and you move um, a fuckload during pregnancy yeah like you cannot stay still um and you want to like kind of move in different positions and stuff so that was my only fear but like they do it every day and it was fine yeah it was good like there's a lot of things that can go wrong with any medical procedure but yeah 99% of the time it's perfectly fine and yeah I would next pregnancy yeah get it again for sure um the other thing that comes along with the epidural, they don't want you getting into bed once you have it. So you have to yeah. have a catheter put in. But once you have the epidural, you don't feel that happening. So Yeah. You're just totally numbed out. Yeah. Well, they put like fentanyl in your spinal column. You just basically lose everything from your waist. Yeah. Down. I mean, I could still feel a bit of pain, yeah. especially like it depends what side you're lying on and where the drugs are pumping um, to. Yeah that I could feel pain on one side and then you kind of have to shift Switch. positions. So it's not like it totally took it away, but it, it definitely was not that bad once I had yeah. the epidural. And they have the ability to up and down. So it's like connected to a pump and they're pumping it in at a certain rate and they can up and down the rate depending on how you're feeling. And then you yeah. also have the ability to like give yourself, like you had like a self-administered button that you could give yourself a shot as much as you wanted. Exactly, Up yeah. to some limit. Yeah. Yeah. So we did that around three, and then yeah. things were kind of quiet until around seven, Yeah, I would say. And I think that was the shift change, because, like, the nurses Six changing seven, yeah. really, like, as soon as the nurse came on, that's when things kind of kick-started. Um, so she checked how dilated I was, and I think I was, like, seven or... Or no, yeah, I was, like, like, fully, fully, dilated, fully dilated. By seven o'clock, yeah. So... Basically, between three and seven, I went those eight centimeters <laughs> extra and was fully dilated. Yeah. Um, so the nurse thought I would probably start pushing around nine. Yeah, they kept like it was one of those things where it was like seven thirty or whatever. And they're like, all right, well, we'll get ready to start pushing. And then she's like, oh, well, the doctor's not available right yet. So we're going to hold off for a little bit. Oh, you're not quite there yet. And there was like a lot of like hemming and hawing, but that hour kind of went by pretty quick. And then all of a sudden they're like, all right, it's time. Yeah. And I think like, because naturally, like if you never push, that baby is eventually going to come out. Like your body will push it out itself. So I think she really wanted to wait as long as possible. So the baby was as low as possible. My body had naturally done as much work as it could before I started pushing because they knew it was a large baby. Right. Um, so knew I might be pushing for a while. And I guess the other thing that was happening at the time was uh, I had decided that you were going to be in the room, that my mom was going to be in the room. Yeah. But we did send my mom home kind of between that 3 and yeah. 9 o'clock period because, uh, like, I thought, honestly, going in, I thought I would want her there the whole time, but I realized quickly yeah. that I just needed it to be the two of us um, for a while until I was really ready to start pushing. 
Yeah, and I think it was mostly the two of us for a lot of it. Like, even when your mom was there, she was really good about being there and doing whatever you needed. But she was also very good about, like, when stuff was happening, she kind of stepped back a little bit and let me deal with things or whatever. Like, she wasn't... Like, I was nervous going into it about... Because I'm a very, like, controlling person. I want to do things the way I want to do it. And I, like, I... And it's not even about being controlling. It's just I want the opportunity to be able to, like, be there and to be involved and, like, you know, help my wife get through this process or whatever. So I was nervous about how that interplay would work, and it went perfectly. Like, she handled the the labor process really well. It was, like, super helpful. Yeah, I think it was, like, one of the kind of points of contention we had. Like, not really, but, yeah, like, we, we had a bit of back and forth about who should be in the room. Yeah. Um, and I do think, like, for if we have another baby, I would probably just have you in the room next time. Right. Um, because I just think we communicate so well, and you're really good in those situations. Like, our yeah. wedding and the day we gave birth, both you handled amazingly mm-hmm. so <laughs> i think we're good for just the two of us next time right so we are up to the pushing stage so up to this point there was a lot of waiting which was annoying so like the period from 7 to 11 where nothing was happening and no one was saying anything there's a lot of waiting and then the the kind of part between 11 and 3 was a lot of kind of pain but again you're just kind of waiting and you're really hoping that you know you're you're softening and expanding and stuff and like everything's kind of going along yeah. but it's a lot of just sitting there waiting and then they're like oh it's been an hour let's check again and you're like eh, not much progress and that's that's all it is really is just sitting there and kind of breathing through the process but you're yeah. not in the part you're not in the point where you're like doing anything super specific and then once you have the epidural it's really just like try and get as much rest as you can and relax like you slept for a good amount of time and even if you weren't sleeping you're like fully resting kind of chilled for out. sure yeah um, so and it, like i think too when we got to nine o'clock and we we're like talking about starting to push i had it in my head that oh my god like this isn't too bad like, yeah giving birth isn't too bad yeah it was a pretty manageable process up to that point and like everyone has different experiences a lot of people have very painful experiences i was lucky to have like overall a fairly quick and um not painful labor yeah but the birthing process was a but the pushing yeah the pushing was a surprise yeah it was it was was, yeah it was surprising from all sides uh like we had seen birthing videos Mm mm-hmm and I think you're kind of because you're like you're not in, intimately involved in it, uh, you don't really like react to how visceral it is of a process. And I and even in the moment, uh, I think like at the time I wasn't really like consciously aware of what I was seeing and what we were doing. Mm-hmm. And when I think back on it now, it just seems bizarre that it was like you laying in that bed and that it was your body I was looking at. Like it just seems so divorced from the human being I spent the other 13 <laughs> years of my life. Yeah, you probably like, have to divorce it a little bit. It, but it was unreal. Like once, like by the time you started pushing, the head was already crowning, basically. So they were like from almost from the start because you were fully dilated and he was low and ready to go. So almost immediately she was like, oh, check it out. There's hair. 
And I was like, what? <laughs> what? Yeah. But then it just didn't progress for three hours, basically. Yeah. So I think they tell you, like, in the prenatal class, and on average, I think people push for about an hour. An hour, yeah. Um, so, yeah, we ended up – I ended up pushing for three and a half hours. Three and a half hours, yeah. So that was an exhausting yeah. process because they turn down the epidural. They want you to start to feel things to like – so your body, you can feel that urge to push yeah. um, and work with that. So I was in pain. Yeah, you get back to the pain. It's different pain than you feel it's in the, not labor, the early labor. Yeah, yeah. But it's different, right? Like it's different pain. And they say like, oh, you like use the pain when you push and it's not as bad and stuff, but – and you're supposed to, yeah, ha- feel this urge to push. And they say, like, work with that urge and don't push until you feel that urge. And she kept saying that. Yeah. But I never really felt it. Yeah. Like, I could feel a contraction coming on. Yeah. But, like, a lot of people say you feel like you have to poop. Yeah. It's like a similar feeling. Similar yeah. feeling. I never got that feeling. Yeah. Um. So the whole time I was just trying to, like, get that feeling yeah and work with these contractions and my nurse was amazing like i don't think i would have gotten through it without her Mm -hmm. but she kept saying like after the first 20 minutes probably she started saying you're just around the corner like almost there and three hours later we're still (laughs) like Like almost around around the corner (laughs) yeah and in my head i'm like i am having a c-section but it's crazy because, like, it's hard. It's one thing to say, like, we pushed for three hours. But when you actually think about what that means to push for three hours, it's like there are three people in the room with you. Yeah. And when you're pushing, there's one person on each side of you holding your legs so your knees up to your chest. Yeah. And for 10 seconds, so for basically 30 seconds, you're pushing. You're in 10 seconds off. 10 seconds off, 10 seconds off, and then you rest until your next contraction hits. And at that point, you're having a contraction like once every, what, minute or two tops? Yeah, yeah. So you're pushing for 30 seconds every minute and a half, two minutes Yeah. for three and a half hours straight. There's no like, all right, well, let's just have like a 10-minute break and have a nap or like rest or whatever. You're doing yeah. that for three and a half hours straight. Yeah. It's just baffling. Like I count – because it was like my job to like I'll be the one that counts 10 – to, like was I it 10? I 10. thought it was 5. No, it was 10. Oh. Yeah, so <laughs> you had to count, like, all the way up to 10, and then you stop, and then all the way up to 10, stop, all the way up to 10, like, three times in a row. You tried to get three in. I, almost every time I got three. Yeah. yeah. At the end, I was like, we are getting three in, because yeah. I want this baby out. And it was rough, because it's like, you really got to, like push so it's like it's physically exhausting it's basically like you're really really trying to have a massive shit like sure pushing as hard as you've ever pushed to have a shit three times for like like for 30 seconds like every minute basically and i'm gonna get real honest here yeah. i did have i did shit <laughs> yeah, i definitely times. i definitely <laughs> did a few times like i I know but that's like completely normal I know yeah. it's normal but I feel like a lot of people are like it's normal but it didn't happen to me 
Yeah, well, they're probably But lying. it happened to me. Like, I don't you, know how it couldn't happen to you. you it, have my colon ten, was yeah. clean after <laughs> that. Like, I did not have to shit for a few weeks. It's like rolling out a out. it's like rolling out a tube of toothpaste where you like put your you put your fist down at the end and you drag it out to the top to get that last little bit. You got a ten pound baby rolling through your colon. Yeah. Like on top of your colon and just fucking Well, and you're like and you're, you're trying actively to trying to spell everything. Yeah. Out of your body, basically. And the way they tell you to push is to push like you're trying to poop. Yeah. So, so yeah, I pooped. And they never <laughs> tell you you poop. Like, they're really good about it. And they're... you don't feel it or whatever. Yeah. But, you you know, I smelt it. Like, well, sure. Yeah. So, it wasn't, you know, you just, you lose all vanity. Like you. It's not a romantic process, that's for sure. You, like, there are so many people that come in and out of that room. Your legs are open well just, it's, and it's just like it's a it's a bizarre process just because everything's out there the whole time so this is the top of a baby's head protruding from the like from your vagina for sure. three hours straight yeah and the whole time she's like lubing things up and trying to make sure everything's like ready and she's like running her fingers along the edges to like try and make sure that everything's in the right spot and like ready to go and it's just that for three and a half hours is is the part to me that it's like just seems so divorced from reality because it's not the thing that i like associate with you or your body right at all yeah before or after it's just like a weird cross section of time time. stay like that afterwards so but it's just like it was just very bizarre graphic For sure. experience and For it's sure. just so like and that's it i think because you're so focused on like i was so focused on making sure megan felt okay and that she felt inspired to keep going and without without feeling like one of those douchebags you see on a pushing video where it's like oh sweetheart you're so great you're so strong and powerful look at you, you look, look at so how beautiful great you are. Oh, you're just glowing you're yeah, doing yeah. so great but trying to like you know actively be there for her and like make sure that she's doing okay and that she feels like she can keep doing it for three hours which still astonishes me that you were able to do it like i got so much motivation from like your encouragement and the the nurse's nurse. encouragement yeah. like her just saying okay like you can do this yeah. just you know try again like we're gonna go again give it everything you have and like you think about that and you yeah. really try to focus on that and give it everything yeah. to get this baby out i think it's helpful for someone that's like to have a third party there saying it as well like for it's one sure. thing for me to say it and you know that I'm there for you and blah blah blah. But for yeah. someone that's like a third party who's really positive and really trying to get on your side. Yeah. It helps kinda get you over the edge. For sure. Um so I guess, you know, pushing for three and a half hours, in the end the nurse or the doctor comes in at the very end. Yeah. So um, she's she started saying like all right, we're going to slow down. Don't like, don't push as hard. We got to wait for the doctor. Like get away for the doctor. So I was like, Oh shit, things are getting real. And then within like, what, how long, like 10 minutes she came in, something like that. Yeah, for sure. It wasn't long after she came in. And I think I didn't still believe it. Like I still felt like it yeah. wasn't going to happen. It, I like when I was standing there, I was like, I don't see the difference. Yeah. I was like, I like granted it seems like it's a, progressed a little bit further because now i've got a visual representation for three hours of how far it's going <laughs> and it's like still just see the top of the head like i'm not really like yeah. i'm not really like understanding what's happening they're then, also like do you want a mirror to see yeah. the baby's head and i was like god no 
Like I would have been traumatized if I saw it. So I did not yeah. um, take that opportunity to see the baby's head. But yeah, so the nurse or the doctor comes in and she's like, okay, you get a few more pushes, you're pushing. And then all of a sudden she's like, stop pushing, stop pushing right now. And I was like, what? You've been telling me to push for three and a half hours. I can't just turn that shit off. Yeah. You're like, no, whoa, whoa, whoa. It was like, it was like, all right, push, 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 stop pushing, stop pushing. You're tearing. She's tearing. <laughs> I was like, oh God. It was that quick too. It was like within like four seconds, it went from yeah. like push to like she's torn. And it, like I was feeling like maybe I won't tear. Like yeah. I've been pushing for so long and there's no tear. But yeah, the tear comes at the end. Yeah. yeah. So anyways, little. tore a little, baby came out. <laughs> um, yeah, so we have this beautiful baby amazing so exciting um you hung out with the placenta for a while yeah the baby so before that they like <laughs> the ba- so the baby comes the doctor and the nurse busy themselves with whatever's going on so the baby comes out they put her put him on your chest almost immediately wipe him down with the towel whatever and get like most of the gook off but he's still like kind of gooky and he's completely purple and his head looks like the alien head a little bit like it was like really everyone back towards like the all day was warning us your baby's gonna have a cone head because yeah. he was so big and yeah, yeah his head was so big but he's like laying on you and everything's great the placenta passes a couple minutes later and yeah. i don't think you noticed like you're still just like so yeah. enthralled with with andrew and like laying with him they took the placenta away which was fucking cool they put it in like a like a margarine like one of those big like two pound margarine containers and it was just like sitting there like a giant jellyfish or something like a terrible gory purple jellyfish that was full of blood and blood vessels and shit (laughs) one of the coolest things ever i immediately was like do you mind if i take video of this and she's like because I was like, can can you show me it? Like, show me, like, what it is and where everything is. Yeah. And she's like, all right. So She was really good about it. Yeah. So she's got, like, her little tongs and she's showing me, like, everything. I was like, do you mind if I record this? So I have, like, a video of her being like, oh, this is the inside wall and this is where it attaches and blah, blah, blah. And it was like, it was really cool. And I don't think I, I still haven't no, watched yeah, that video. Yeah. yeah. I was not about that. Yeah. You're far away. You should watch it soon. Yeah, I should watch it <laughs> soon. Maybe we'll put it at the end of this podcast, my reaction to the yeah. placenta video. Yeah, sure. Um, so, yeah, we have this beautiful baby boy. We're, like, so elated. Um, overall, like, things went well. Love Dr. Andragetti and our nurses. Um, so, yeah. And then you kind of – so we gave birth at one thirteen a.m. Yep. Um, in the morning and then as soon as you give birth they kind of move you on over to the the recovery recovery area yeah so once they once they clean you up they give you uh skin to skin time so you probably try to breastfeed right away yeah you spend like 30 minutes 40 minutes just sitting with him before they took him away to meet him yeah yeah uh, so I weighed him and measured him. He was like 24 centimeters or inches, centimeters? 22. 22 inches yeah. and nine, nine and a half pounds or 9.5 pounds. pounds yeah. yeah. Um, and then, yeah, right after that, they were basically like, all right, cool. Now we're going to move you over to recovery. And they, so it was, yeah, quarter after one. I think we got to our room at what, 2.30 or 3? Yeah. Something like that. So it was maybe an hour before we got over there. Uh, and then it was basically just like, you're good. Yeah, they introduced like, us to our, our new nurse. The and, night nurses that were there. 
um i think i tried to breastfeed again yeah. when i got to the room but he wasn't really like taking anything but they kind of give you the impression that like the it's baby's got enough idea. to last about 24 hours so like keep trying but um deal, yeah. yeah not a big deal so like my main thing was okay let's try to get the baby calm get him to sleep get us a bit of sleep yeah um so that's kind of what we did we were obviously up most of that night yeah i think i slept i don't know like 20 minutes or half an hour that night yeah and then we i did like i laid with him for a bit and did like skin to skin and they have this little they have this little like bassinet type thing that they give you so he slept in that for a little while we bundled up and he slept in that we did the first couple diaper changes where they have the really like thick tar poops the meconium poop yeah that was probably the most traumatic part of that night like a lot of it was like i don't know what to do with him like i guess we just how hard to get, tug yeah, on like, his balls yeah. to get this off well that was the worst like that was the worst part everything up until that point was fine but then the the poop was like the first poop was like it was basically like there was just a cork. Yeah. Like it's just really hard, thick poop. But it's like he's so fragile and so little, but they don't tell you that he's just going to like shit all over his balls. <laughs> so you have to like clean it. And for the first couple of poops, they're so hard and tarry. And it's not even that, like, not even that, that hard, but the. You just can't get it. The off. poop is so sticky. Yeah. Like so sticky. And his testicles are like. It, feel, it felt like, things. I don't know what, how, like, how to, ex- it's like if you had, I don't even know what to like compare it to, but it's but like, fragile, it feels like the, delicate. yeah, it feels like the skin is almost like translucent. It's so like thin and, and, and they're not, it's not like they're like, they have any heft to them. It feels like there's nothing in there at all. It's like almost like a papery little sack and you have this like thick, sticky tar attached to it and you're trying to use like a a wipe to try and clean it off and it was just like and he starts freaking out i think he peed on me the first time when i was changing on so he's like peeing on me he's crying i'm trying to like get this shit off it was so frustrating and like like just anxiety inducing yeah and it's like no you sleep you haven't slept and blah yeah. blah blah so that was that was rough the first couple like diaper changes and stuff or the first like time where he just started crying you're like i don't know and then you change his diaper and he's totally fine you're like oh i get it yeah, like I didn't um, deal with the meconium at all because, like, the first couple of days you basically dealt with. Yeah, I don't all think we changed the, the diaper until like the third day or something. Diaper changes, yeah. yeah. Um. So yeah, recovery. Like basically, once you have the baby, you go to that recovery area. Like they take care of, make sure the baby's okay, come in and yeah. check his vitals every few hours or whatever. But in terms of the care for the mother, yeah, they don't really give a shit. Yeah, they don't do a ton. No. You, you know, you just had this very crazy experience your body has gone through. Yeah. You've got stitches in your hoo-ha. You don't even <laughs> know how many stitches are there. Yeah. You don't know how bad it was. You don't really want to ask. Yeah, they don't really tell you. Like, no they don't give you a synopsis you. of, like, what happened or, yeah. Yeah, it's, like, taboo. Um, And... Yeah, you just kind of deal with it and power on, and it's well. And it's like they they also don't tell like no one tells you that like basically you can't walk for two days. So I think a lot of people like because I push for three and a half hours. When I would stand up, 
it literally felt like my organs were just going to fall out. Yeah. And I, a lot of people don't have that experience. Right. Um, so that was really challenging because I wasn't expecting that. Like I was expecting to be able to get up, to go to the washroom, to get up and help with diaper changes. And that was not happening. Well, and you couldn't, like you couldn't go to the washroom for the first day or whatever, right? Like you had to wear a diaper and whatever, like you didn't use the toilet. I think I used the toilet that night. No, it wasn't until the next night. Maybe the next night. Yeah, because they, I I I thought they told you they you couldn't no i think i did i think they took me i was definitely wearing like depends yeah yeah. and i remember one time i definitely did pee in my depends but i think um, i think they did and you got me up to go to the washroom too yeah I think. well you had like you had to have someone get yeah. you up to go to the washroom like you couldn't sit on the toilet without someone lowering you basically yeah um so yeah we went through that we stayed there so we gave birth 1 30 a.m on a wednesday yeah i think we stayed there all, all wednesday the yeah and wednesday morning we gave birth. thursday morning yeah yeah so we were there, so we were there went tuesday over two nights i guess gave birth wednesday first thing stayed all day wednesday and overnight thursday and then came home thursday morning thursday morning yeah, yeah. so your parents were there through almost all of it came back for the pushing process then they left they weren't there when the baby came out, though, right? Was they were. They were. My dad saw the baby that night. But kind of when we went into the recovery room, that's when they, they went home. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, and then your parents came the next day. We had a yeah. few visitors, um, which was good. Not too many. Yeah. And then, yeah. So you learn, like, they come in and show you how to bathe the baby. Um, a lactation yeah, consultant really comes the in. The person doing the bathing thing was really good. Um, and then on Thursday morning, they're like, all right, it's time to leave. Yeah. And I, I guess I felt okay about that. Like, I, I didn't feel, like, think, scared about taking him home. The only anxious part of it was, like, we hadn't done the bathing thing ourselves, which we were like, oh, we'll figure it out. It's not that difficult. And then we hadn't really breastfed successfully. <laughs> Yeah, but I still, in my mind, it wasn't a big deal. Yeah. So my nipples were getting, like, chafed and getting pretty raw, but I still felt like, I think because I was having so many other issues that that didn't seem like a huge deal yet. But, and they had told us already that they thought he was tongue-tied. Right. We checked so the tongue-tie. So nowadays, um, because of all the folic acid that people take in the prenatal vitamins, there's a lot of babies with tongue-ties. And I, a few of our friends had had this issue. So I knew when we were in the hospital just to, to ask, ask about, about it. it. Um, so we knew that was something we had to get dealt with. Right. Um, but yeah, so they're like, okay, go home. And... I was like, you expect me to walk out of this hospital oh, yeah, was... right now? <laughs> yeah. And they did. They legitimately thought I could walk out. Yeah. And I was like, I'm going to need a wheelchair. Yeah. I cannot walk to the car right now. And maybe that was a sign like we shouldn't have left. Um, but really anyways, they, they get yeah. a wheelchair, but no one's wheeling me out. Yeah. So we've got a baby in a car seat. We've got... Do we have the stroller in there? Yeah. No. No. Yeah, no. we did. No. Because you had... I had oh, to no, carry. Oh, no, you're right. You're right. Yeah. You're right, you're right. 
So we didn't have the stroller in there. If we had known this was going to happen, we would have got my mom to come to help us yeah. carry stuff. Um, so you were, I think I had the baby on the wheelchair. Or maybe yeah. I had one of the bags Either on the wheelchair. Yeah. Anyways, I'm trying to like wheel myself a little bit. Yeah, you had the you had the baby bag. I was carrying the suitcase and the baby. Yeah. And you were and I was trying to push you with the suitcase while carrying the baby. Yeah. So I'm trying to like wheel my way through this hospital. And it's probably like would you say it's like a two kilometer wheel to the car? <sighs> probably maybe a kilometer. Okay, maybe a kilometer. Maybe. But I am like we get down to the main floor and I'm ready to pass out. Yeah. Like I can no longer push myself in this wheelchair. So you have to push me with the baby and the bags. You're yeah. pushing the wheelchair down the hall. Yeah. Basically. Uh, and I thought like, this is horrible. It wasn't until we got to the doors and then I like I went to go leave to go get the car and bring it up to the doors so that you could come in that someone like walked up and was like oh do you need a hand I was like yeah fucking thanks you could have yeah. when we were on the third floor on the opposite side of the 500 the meters ago we yeah. really, really used you but now we're good thanks yeah. um yeah so we deal with that we get in the car and we come home yeah and Things are pretty good in terms of the baby when we get home. It's really just me. Like, I am really feel like I can't walk, don't like going to the washroom. It's tricky because you no longer have a hospital bed that adjusts. You're not all on one floor. Like, it's, you know, you have a lot more. Like, I can't just be there all the time. Yeah. Like, I was off, but, like, you have to make sure the baby's fine. You're, like, cooking meals and blah, blah, blah. But... Your parents were there, which helped, and, like, that kind of stuff. Like, I did, I don't remember it being that traumatic. It was more just trying to make sure you were okay. I feel like for the first three days, I thought, oh, my God, what have I done to my body? Like, yeah. I've ruined my body. I'm never going to feel the same again. Mm-hmm. And I thought, like, I'm never having another child because this is awful. Yeah. Like, in ter- just in terms of how I felt. Yeah, yeah. Um... But it's amazing, like, what your body can do and how quickly it recovers. And, like, after I got over the hurdle of those three days, like, each day it just got so much better. Yeah. Um, So, yeah, that was kind of my recovery. And then... But that even lasted a while. Like, I, it was, like, it wasn't for, like, a week or two that we took him out for a walk because it was, like... And I think the first walk, like I don't even think we got around the block. Yeah, like, yeah, still, for like, sure. It was long, it was still so. hard, and like I think, yeah, I had trouble getting into bed for at least a week. Yeah, you had to help me into bed, um, and like we had to go to his first doctor's appointment, and even that, I was like struggling to walk into the doctor's office, walk down the hall of the doctor's office. Yeah, but uh, everyone like we said, has different experiences. And I think yeah. for the majority of people, if that the push process hadn't been isn't that bad. as bad. Because yeah. a lot of people I say, oh, like I I couldn't walk out of the hospital. Oh, most people can walk out of the hospital. Yeah. Um, so in terms of me, yeah, that was hard, but we got over that. But in terms of Andrew, when we took him in, I guess the second day, he goes in for his... 
uh, first doctor's visit. Yeah, we had him. We had him in on Friday. Friday. Okay. Yeah, so, so it was like the, the next day after, day after we, we got, got back. home. And he was losing too much weight. Yeah. So we were concerned. Like they give you a threshold of ten percent of their birth weight that they can use, and he was like at nine point nine percent or something. Yeah, they can lose up to ten percent before they. Like before they get concerned about how much he's lost. So yeah. they basically told us because he's not breastfeeding well enough, you're going to have to supplement. So at that point, he, we were just starting to get the hang of breastfeeding. He was, he was starting to latch better and all that kind of stuff. Um, so they told us to supplement and we went out and we got some like individual feeds and we started supplementing. But it was like it was tough that he was like losing losing weight and that kind of like becomes a little makes you a little anxious that you know he's not going to be able to breastfeed and then you have to deal with formula and it just like kind of adds this extra layer of anxiety over top and just trying to figure out how to keep the kid alive let alone like all of these other extra things you weren't counting on and i think like we had heard at the prenatal class (laughs) and other people had told us like you have to feed the baby every three hours yeah and in my head i was like sure but if the baby's sleeping like i'm not gonna wake up a sleeping baby yeah like he'll feed when he's hungry but what i didn't realize is like when they're that small sleep kind of trumps their hunger right so they won't wake up even though they are hungry and need that nourishment so they will eventually but they'll lose too much weight in the interim right that's really what the change was that made the difference with him is we made sure we were feeding every three hours every three hours 24 hours a day for what when did we go back the next week we went back on the monday because we or no, the Monday was a holiday, no, so we so went, went back, back Tuesday. Tuesday yeah. And then four days, he gained back the full 10%. He was back to his birth weight. Yeah. And we had a lactation yeah. consultant come in on the Saturday who was yeah. amazing, really gave us the confidence. Um, next time, I think we would probably make sure we had like a lactation appointment set up right away afterwards. Like at the hospital, yeah. So that we got that going because it's just so crucial that you get the yeah. breastfeeding straight right away. I think with right the experience, away. like, it might not be as hard to get used to it. Like, For you'll sure, feel yeah. More I'll know more. Time, yeah. But I, that's one of the things about pregnancy is, like, you know, I felt we had gone to all the prenatal classes and I had read the what to expect when you're expecting and I had watched all of these YouTube videos and still, like, I didn't really know about the three hours or believe in the feeding every three hours and my baby was losing too much weight so i just think you know we we do moms new moms do need all of this support because there's so much you need to learn quickly and know and and sometimes you make mistakes and and it's you have the best intentions but it just happens yeah it's also i think the first time where people don't really hold your hands through it like you can engage in as much in being a parent as you want and the more you kind of put in the effort you put into it the more you'll get out of it if you direct your efforts in the right way like there's you can spend every hour of the day reading about some shit that some quack is going to tell you about your baby but if you are able to kind of find the right resources and talk to the right people you can kind of get a good grasp but no one's going to hold your hand and lead you through it yeah like parents will tell you as much as 
as you kind of want to talk to them about and whatever. And like the doctors will tell you what you need to know for whatever you're directly talking about, but no one's going to sit down and say like, this is what it's going to be like, you know, day to day, hour to hour. And these are the types of things you'll need to have and the types of like things you should look out for. And like, even if someone did that, there's always something that is kind of going to hit you from out of left field and you're just going to have to deal with it and adapt. And I think that's a lot of parenting is just being flexible and, you know, paying attention to details and stuff like that, which I think you did a good job of. And I think like we are so lucky in today's day and age and where we live that there are a lot of resources available. So it's just really trying to take advantage of those. And I think the trouble is you are inundated with so much information and it's hard to decipher what to take seriously and what to kind of say, okay, that's that's nice of you to say, but I'm going to kind of park that to the side. Especially now looking back, like having spent five months going through that process and kind of getting through the like real like early infant stage um when you look back at all like the shit that you heard and the stuff like it's really a lot easier in some ways than you think it's going to be it's more just like understanding kind of what that kind of pattern is and what what those experiences are like if you once you get a schedule and like the consistency in the schedule process down the, the rest of it kind of takes care of itself barring any sort of illness or weird thing about the baby like we have friends that have babies that just really have a hard time with sleeping or feeding or whatever and it's like that's just kind of a case-by-case basis and you kind of have to deal with it we've been insanely blessed to have a child that eats really well sleeps like a champ like we've not really been having to deal with really complicated issues like that and really the thing that helped us the most was just getting on a schedule and once we got on the schedule everything else was fine and andrew was just has been great so it made it easier some babies just you can try and put them on schedule and they're just not going to do it yeah yeah so yeah so i think that was kind of our birthing story i don't want to go into too much other stuff right now no no no, there's lots of stuff that we could talk about Mm. um but maybe to end, we'll just say, like, we so Andrew is five months old now. Mm. So what would you say is, like, the biggest surprise or how you would sum up these first five months? I think the biggest surprise is how, um, I feel like an asshole saying it, but how easy it's been. And I don't think... People are going to hate you for that. <sighs> And I, but I, when I say it, like, I know what it, like, has went into it, come like, to make it come out easy. Like, I know how much effort and time and work you put into it before we ever talked about getting pregnant during the whole pregnancy process. And ever since, like, I, I understand how much time and effort and work you put into it to make it seem easy. Um, and I appreciate that. But from, like, my perspective as a father, I was just so much, I was so concerned about, like, how you would react emotionally to it via like postpartum and all that kind of stuff, how he would react to sleeping and eating and, and getting sick and all that kind of stuff. And we've just been aside from one visit to the doctor or to the hospital and it wasn't even an issue. Like we've just really been, been blessed with an easy child so far. And it's just, that's been the kind of most surprising part. Yeah um for me is just that and I guess it's maybe just I'm surprised that we've been so lucky yeah yeah I would say um similarly that I just think we are very lucky and very blessed 
um and andrew has just responded very well to like the Mm -hmm. um routines and things that we've put in place which has been amazing but i think my biggest surprise is really how natural it feels once you for some people because some people doesn't feel natural so i don't want to say for everyone but for me i was not an overly like motherly Mm -hmm. person before like having kids wasn't my be all and end all like when i was a kid i didn't dream of becoming a mother yeah but then when i became a mom it was amazing and like i love babies now and I think that he just amazes me every day and there's always something new every day that he does. And babies are just like their default so often is to be happy. And it's amazing to see this human being that just wants to be happy all the time. Yeah. Yeah. Um, So, yeah, I think that's what it is. But I mean, we've obviously had our um, issues along the way as well. Yeah. So I think I'm going to take back my previous statement. I think the uh, most surprising thing is like how much of a like typical jerk off parent you become without even like, like I spend so much time thinking like, I'm not going to be that dad that is just like, Oh, it's so great being a dad. (laughs) And he's just so fun. Oh, he amazes me every day. But it's like, and as you were saying it, I was just like, cringed a little bit but i was like i only cringed because i know that's exactly how i feel yeah yeah. and like i'm surprised at how much i'm like willing to even express it yeah because it's like like i don't know it's tough it's hard it's hard to i guess and it's another cliche that i'm gonna spit out again but it's like really hard to understand it until you go through it because yeah. i was the first person to be like i don't want to look at your stupid instagram pictures of your kids and i don't want to yeah. hear these like descriptions of like how amazing it is yeah. like i don't care and it's like you're just saying like you're just saying that because that's the thing people should say or whatever. Like yeah, it just felt yeah. so hokey. Uh but then like the first six hours that the kid is alive, like just laying on a shitty fold out couch with a like kink in my neck as he was like laying on my chest, just like sleeping in his tiny little hands in his mouth and stuff. I was just like, oh, man, I'm going to become that person. I can't help it. Yeah. But the thing is, every baby is amazing. Like, and and that probably sounds cringeworthy, but they are, like, they are these little miracles, and they learn so quickly and adapt so quickly, and they just, babies do amaze you. That's the thing about them. And you think your baby is special and doing all these incredible things and a genius. and. That's just the way it goes. Well, I think it's partially because you see so many people and you're like, what the fuck happened to you in your life? Oh, and you're like, look at this child that's like just a blank slate. There's so, there's so much hope there. They're uncorrupted by like by yeah. society and by whatever nonsense. Yeah. Uh, anyway, so that is episode one of Parental Inquiry. Uh, we might do it again. We might never. We might never. And, it took yeah. like five months to do this one, so... Odds are it's not going to happen again. But if anyone does listen to this and you have questions or you want to hear more about certain things, if you want to hear about breastfeeding or sleep training or teething, um, leave us a comment. Yeah. Or I mean, just like it's probably someone we already know. So just text us and you can talk to us about it. Yeah. Hi, mom. (laughs) 
God. It's a terrible thing, though. Sure, yeah, she probably... Let's not tell her about this. <laughs> okay. Uh, okay, that's it. Okay, thanks, guys. Okay, bye. bye.